and welcome back to the Dreamcast. I am your host, Denise Walsh. I combine science, scripture, and stories that will inspire you to dive deep, break through your own personal glass ceiling, and design a life of your dreams. I believe that we can thrive in all areas of life at the same time. But where do we begin? Personally, financially, spiritually, relationally... And often because we don't know where to focus, we do nothing. At least that's the space I lived in for several years. I know what it feels like to constantly be spinning my wheels. And that's exactly why I created the Dream Life Daily Journal. After working through the Dream Life Action Planner, we need to do something every day so we actually take steps in the direction we desire. Throughout the years, I've developed success habits that have helped me to create a Dream 10 life in all areas by focusing on one area at a time. And I teach you exactly what to do each and every day in the Dream Life Daily Journal. You'll find a gratitude game every day to start the morning off right. A space for prayer, meditation, journaling. A space to write down your clear and intentional Dream Life goal with affirmations and visualizations connected to that goal. You'll then have a spot to write down your dream life action to-do list so you can be intentionally taking action towards your goal every single day. I know that by completing the Dream Life Daily Journal every day for at least 30 days, you can create momentum. And when you do that, my friends, you can live your dream life too. Check out the dreamlifetoolkit.com or Amazon to get your copy of the Dream Life Daily Journal today. Big, big welcome back to the Dreamcast. You are in for a treat today because our next guest over the past four years has helped hundreds of women lose fat and build muscle. Sound good, right? (laughs) Well, it gets better. She's helping people become their ideal selves and live a, a healthy lifestyle without sacrificing their favorite food, social life, or happiness because losing weight shouldn't suck, right? And guess what? It doesn't have to. So after years of chronic dieting, restricting calories, she got to this place where she was like, I can be healthy, but I don't want to have to choose between nachos and abs. And if this resonates and connects with you, then I want to introduce and welcome Lynette Marie Fitness to the Dreamcast. Hello. <laughs> like, I love nachos and I love abs, so we need to be friends. <laughs> Join the team. <laughs> well, thank you so much for saying yes to connecting today. I found Lynette on YouTube. If you have not heard of her yet, go to YouTube and Instagram, Lynette Marie. She is a fitness influencer who preaches balance. You know, she loves being healthy, but she also loves having a life and she teaches us how to do both. So I'm excited, Lynette, to connect with you today and hear your story about how you got here. So why don't you start by sharing a bit about who you are and what drew you to wanting to live a healthy lifestyle in the first place? Yeah. Okay. So like you said, my name is Lynette Marie. (laughs) You can just call me Lynette though. I love health and fitness. I did not always start out that way though. As a kid, I was definitely like a chunky kid. I was more of like a couch surfer than being a part of any, like any fitness teams or, uh, sorry, like sports teams, anything like that. So 
Um, growing up, I definitely was always chubby. Um, all of my family was chubby. I think probably every single extended family member that I have is probably either slightly overweight or obese. So it was just something that that's, that's what our family was. That's what I grew up around. And so coming into my adult years, you know, especially in high school, kids are just brutal. And I, you know, got made fun of and I had to deal with people making nasty comments to me and just feeling, you know, when you're a girl in high school, really any gender in high school, but especially as a girl where there's so much pressure to be pretty and to be liked and to be thin, I knew I had to do something about that <laughs> because I wanted to feel good. I wanted to feel confident. But I also knew just looking around at my family who, God love them, they've all made so many changes in the last five years like I have. But at the time, I was like, I do not want to go down that path. I don't want to be 30 years old and, you know, morbidly obese, you know, in the hospital, in and out by 40, 45. Like, I just knew that I didn't want that. So I would say I started getting interested in health and wellness probably in my later teen years, like 18, 19. And it really just developed year by year. Um, I got married super young. <laughs> I got married when I was 21. And of course, like every other like young bride, I wanted to shred down for the wedding. So I got super skinny and I was living off of like strawberries and toast. And of course, after the wedding, I literally gained it all back and I was devastated. I was like, okay, so there has to be a way to lose weight that does not require starving yourself, does not require like a massive overhaul of, you know, dropping everything else you care about in life just to focus on this fitness goal. And so I would say starting in like 2012, 2013, I kind of set out to find my own fitness journey. And I've, I've had a lot of highs and a lot of lows. I was a competitive bodybuilder for a time. I've lost a bunch of weight. I've gained a bunch of weight. But I would say in the last few years, I've really found a sense of balance, a way of finding you know a pathway to fitness and having a healthy lifestyle where I feel good. I'm healthy. I look the way that I want to look, but I'm also enjoying my life. I'm not restricting myself. I'm not you know, anything that would make me feel miserable when it comes to like dieting and all that stuff. That's kind of me in a nutshell. <laughs> well, and it's so true. I did a bodybuilding competition as well. And it's miserable sometimes. And you're like, why am I choosing to do this to myself? But yeah. you're right. There's a way to be healthy and strong and fit and still have a glass of wine now and then and still make cookies with your kids and not feel like you have to say no yeah. all of the time. So how did you figure it out? Was it trial and error? Was it like, did you have a coach? How did you do it? So much trial and error. And actually, I think what really helped me find balance personally was I stopped hiring bodybuilding coaches. <laughs> because a lot of the bodybuilding coaches I was hiring was like, you have to eat boiled chicken and broccoli and you, you can't have carbs after 4pm and like just a lot of rules. There were so many rules of what you could and couldn't do. And most of these rules were just super confining. It didn't make any sense for like, like I'd be like, well, what's the protocol if I go out to eat? And they're like, you don't go out to eat. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Well, so I think when I stopped hiring bodybuilding coaches and I started hiring coaches that had, they were health coaches, but they had a big mindset proponent to their coaching where they wanted to make sure that I was not neglecting my mental health and my happiness for the sake of a body. I think that that was probably the big turnaround for me was realizing that the chase for a very specific body 
it had like a rate of diminishing returns, right? Like you can get healthy and work out and like it pays off, right? But at some point you're doing so much and you're not getting you're not getting something back in return because what could possibly be worth sacrificing all of your free time, all of your happiness, all of your relationships, all of everything that makes a girl feel sane in order to have abs? Like, will that ever feel good enough? The answer is no, I was there. (laughs) I remember like the day that I competed in a bikini competition and being so lean and having ripped abs and feeling like, wow, this is it. (laughs) Like, oh, hmm, I'd rather have a brownie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it's true. And you're like, at what cost? You could certainly go down this path and, and be ripped all of the time. At what cost? And that's when we take a look at all seven areas of life and we're like, how can we thrive in Mm. all areas at the same time? And what I love about when you learn this, when you feel like you find a balance for yourself, when you learn the skills, essentially, you want to share it. You know, you don't just want to take that information and live a balanced life and go on your way. You really have a passion to teach other people how to do the same thing. So when did you decide that you wanted to turn this into a business? I was working as a personal trainer in 2014. I got so passionate about fitness back in, you know, 2012, 2013 when I was learning, you know, more about health and nutrition and learning how to make this a sustainable lifestyle. So, I got in a gym in 2014. By 2015, just sharing all of what I knew and all of my journey on social media, doing all of that had really caused me to gain a bit of an audience. And so, I'd worked with online coaches at that point. I Every coach I hired was online because I just felt like, well, it's so much easier to find someone who fits me really well on the internet rather than like, you know, the 10 local schmucks at my local gym. <laughs> Nothing, you know, against it, but like the variety is not there. So I thought, well, let's give it a whirl. <laughs> I literally remember the day like I was like, all right, I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to announce on social media and say, hey, who wants to work with me as a coach? I like didn't have anything ready to go. I did not have a business plan. I was just like, let's see what happens. And literally that day, my inbox was flooded with people who were like, yes, I want to work with you. I love your results. I love your story. I connect with you, like throwing their credit cards at me, <laughs> wanting to work with me. It was, it was so awesome. You created the audience because you were sharing your story. You were adding value. You were learning and teaching, learning and teaching, learning and teaching, growing and teaching, pivoting and teaching Mm -hmm. and being vulnerable and sharing that. And so people were like, oh, we already know her. We already like, know, and trust her. So finally, they, they probably were asking you to begin with, like, will you help me? Will you help me? Will you help me? And so you had people to say yes. So that's awesome. You didn't have a website. You didn't have, you know business cards or an, you just started. And yeah. I think so many times people spend so much on the back end and then never actually start. So how did the first few years of online coaching go for you? Uh, really, really well. It was I felt so blessed that literally from the get-go, it took off. I mean, within two months, I was quitting my full-time job at the gym. I was serving my clients. It went really, really well. I didn't I would say I I like learned as I went. (laughs) There was so much like because I just like launched without a business plan, a business name, without like contracts. I didn't have anything but an email address (laughs) to communicate with people. Um, I definitely learned so much as I went along. But 
the whole time, my MO, like the thing that I was focused on was just serving people. I knew that I may not have a website or a fancy name or a big brand, but if I just take care of the people who've trusted me with their results and their progress, this will work out. And just having that be what I focus on the last really almost four years that I've been in business, that has been like what I think has sustained my business. It's just if you take care of people, they will be returned clients. You're, you know, that's just good energy you're putting into the world. So it's going to be given back to you. People will share you with their friends, things of that nature. So Awesome. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that's the power of referrals. And most of the time, people choose people that somebody gives them that third party validation. Like, yes, I saw results. And yes, this was fun. And yes, it worked. And and so once your name gets out there, then word starts to travel fast. What were some of the biggest hurdles you had to overcome those first few years? I would say the biggest hurdles I had to overcome was... Um, well, releasing control a lot of times because I was such a, I still am a self-professed control freak. And when you work with a lot of people, even you can be the best coach and give them the best opportunities to succeed, but you can't actually control what they do. People may invest in you and may say yes to your program, but that doesn't mean they're actually going to be successful. And you have to, at some point, recognize, okay, I can't carry that burden forever. Of course, whenever a client wasn't successful, I would, I would carry the burden, be like, it was my fault. What did I do? But you know, I know I knew or had to learn at some point going in, like, okay, I give everybody that joins my team equal opportunities to succeed. I give them everything that they need to succeed. I have to release the expectation of outcome for them not only for my mental sanity, but for theirs as well. So that I'm not projecting on them like, well, what, what's wrong with you, dude? Like, why aren't you losing weight? Like, let's get it together, sis. Like, you know, because I don't want that energy in my coaching either. Not, I don't want to beat myself up and I don't want to beat the client up because of, you know, lack of results. So that's probably a huge thing that I had to really learn over the course of, of coaching is just to release, release expectations. Yeah, I think that's really cool because when you are a servant heart, you know, I, I was a clinical psychologist, so I love to help people grow and help people change myself. And when you're so excited, but then they're not necessarily picking up what you're laying down, it can be easy to go, what am I doing wrong? And why isn't this working? And what's happening? And and when you realize that your only job is to give the information you have and to love and to be a support, and then the rest is kind of up to them you really are then free to create and then you give them the responsibility that they need to actually follow through. Jack Canfield, who wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul and Success Principle is one of my favorite mentors, but he talks about 100% responsibility. And I learned that like, okay, if I'm going to take 100% responsibility for myself, then I have to let you take 100% responsibility for yourself too. And it's in your own interest for me to do that. And so that helped me along the same thing, like realize, okay, I can only control what I put out and the rest has to be up to them. And when we both match, it's an amazing partnership. And if not, then maybe they're just not ready and that's okay. And maybe I can tweak what I'm doing so it fits better. But at the end of the day, we both have to show up. Yeah, 100%. So you have grown a lot over the past five years. When did you start doing YouTube? I want to hear about that journey. So I actually, the 
only reason I even created a YouTube channel was because the first time that I wanted to do a bikini competition, like I'd been prepping for four months or something. And I decided like enough was enough. I don't want to do this. (laughs) And I had an audience of probably three or 4,000 people at that point, which was a lot back in 2014, I think. Um, And people kept asking, wait, are you not competing? Like, wait, you stopped talking about prep. Like what happened? And so I was like, okay, I need to like, put a video on the internet explaining why I didn't, you know, I decided not to compete and all that stuff just because like there was no video feature of Instagram at that point or anything. So, so I made a YouTube channel literally for that video and people watched it and they were like, dude, you're really good on video. You should make more videos. And I think that was about the time that I saw a lot of other fitness YouTubers kind of rising up, uh, people like Nikki Blackutter and things like that. So I was like, well, let's give her a whirl. And soon after that, I also, (laughs) I quit bikini prep. And then three months later, I think I started another bikini prep and I was like, let's film it. And so that was really the beginning of YouTube for me was early 2015, just kind of documenting my bikini prep. Did you know anything about editing, anything about storytelling, anything about what cameras to use or how did you learn it? (laughs) Um, no, I knew nothing at all. I filmed on my iPhone five. I think that's what I had at the time. And I just like shuttled all the footage onto my computer, called my husband and was like, uh, can you edit this? Cause I can't edit, won't edit, don't know computers. I don't get it. So he edited all of my videos for probably the first six months of YouTube. Um, (laughs) and I look back now, they're really cheesy. He was just trying to make them feminine and cute, but I'm like, Oh, (laughs) Oh, you learn over time. So you do. Yeah, I am. So my YouTube has really just been a place for team trainings and team calls and like not YouTube focused, but like a place like you mentioned, just to kind of put stuff so I could send it to people. And I wanted to start doing more, but it's the editing that was scaring me. And it was the, you know, I have my webcam. Is that good enough? And all of these barriers that we think can get in the way. So this year I did 90 videos in 90 days just from my webcam and I edited them myself and you can see them get better. <laughs> you just have to start somewhere. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Good for you for just like doing the thing because it's hard, especially YouTube, like putting yourself on YouTube is like literally throwing yourself to the wolves because people are unforgiving <laughs> on YouTube, but that's the best way to do it. And I think that's, you know, in business and YouTube and anything you do in life, you literally just have to like, I've heard the phrase before, like you just throw crap at the wall and see what sticks. Like you literally at some point just have to take some messy action and be like, let's see what works. And you learn like, that's the best way to learn instead of being so perfectionist over it. Like with YouTube, I was not perfectionist at all. I was just like, Oh, you guys want to see what I eat today? Sure. Here's a blurry video of my oatmeal from this morning. You guys like that? Here's my protein shake too. Like I, you know, you just, you just get feedback and you uh, adjust and you keep going. Yeah. And I think that's the only way you can get feedback is to start doing, and then, then you can pivot along the way. Now I know that as your audience has grown and as your brand has grown, you've added more coaching products and you now have a Facebook group and like several options and ways for people to connect with you. But one of the things I've heard you talk about before is the money mindset that has to come when you start to grow your business. Can you tell me about the biggest aha moments you've had regarding that over the last few years as you've really started to grow? Yeah. So again, I definitely have a servant's heart and it's my heart to just help everybody in every way that I can. And so 
in so many ways for a long time, I saw my coaching as a favor to people, something that I was doing out of the kindness of my heart to help them because like, that's genuinely like how I felt. I wanted to help people. And so because of that, I felt bad charging what I was worth. In fact, I would tell myself, well, you know, this isn't that valuable. Like you're just doing people a favor. Like you have to be the cheapest if you want people to actually work with you and you want people to work with you because you know you can actually help them. And so there was a lot of issue with me with what I was charging. I charged a very, very low rate for a long time. And it did not serve me at all because I was overworking myself. I at one point had over a hundred one-on-one clients, which is insane. I was working 80 hours a week trying to make all these people happy, which was impossible. Like I had spread myself way too thin, but you know, I just felt like, okay, well, for this to be worth it, I have to be making a living. And that's just how many clients I got to take on to make a living. And I didn't realize that I was cutting myself short, selling myself short, and also selling my clients short because A, I wasn't able to serve them the way that they deserved simply because I didn't have time for it. But also because I wasn't making them get uncomfortable with their investment financially, so many of them, like two thirds of people would quit halfway through because they had no skin in the game. They had no reason to stick around. As soon as things got uncomfortable, it was just too tempting to quit because they thought, well, what's, what's $60? Like, this isn't anything. I don't, you know, I'm not missing out on anything by quitting. Like there was no investment that really challenged them to stay, to challenge them to stay through the hard times and when they wanted to quit. So my money mindset has changed so much, especially in the last year, just being like, you know what? This is what I'm going to charge because I know the service is worth it. This is what I'm going to charge because I know it's going to create a client who rises up and faces challenges rather than is like, eh, this is hard. I'm out, dog. Like, <laughs> and it's created such a different energy in my business. It's created the different type of client that I attract. It's just been so good for me and my clients. Ooh, you know, it's true because it's it's obviously in your best interest to make a living and and to keep if you want to keep offering the service, then you have to feel like you're getting back what you're putting out. Yeah. And if you are giving, 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 and yet you don't really feel like you're getting back, then it will be tempting for you to be like, is this really worth it? But then for them is the same way. Like we mentioned before, it's like in their best interest to have skin in the game so that they actually follow through and do it. So tell me about a high moment, like a really awesome transformation that one of your clients has experienced. So actually, one of my clients right now, I am obsessed with this girl. She's amazing. So she came to me kind of on the tail end of a coach who was just kind of, she promoted herself as being a coach who allowed a lot of flexibility and like help you find balance. But then when my client currently or my current client was working with her, actually hired her. And I mean, this woman sent her a super rigid meal plan, even like giving directives on like how to cook and and all this stuff, like had this super rigid meal plan. This is what you eat when you work out. This is what you eat when you don't, you know, you got to work out six or seven days a week and you've got to do a lot of cardio and like just super rigid. So many rules, like, you know, telling her all this stuff that she wasn't allowed to eat and stuff like that. So she came to me thinking, well, this is just what it takes 
to lose weight. She believed the lie that, oh, well, because I'm, I'm, you know, older, she's not even old. She's like maybe 30 um, or in her early thirties, which like, sis, that is not old. <laughs> Let me tell you. But, um, you know, she just believed the lie. Well, because I've had a kid, I, I have to work harder or because I've, I'm, you know, over the age of 25, I, I can't have Cheerios anymore. It's a bad carb or like all these rules and lies that she was convinced of. And so over time, I have just really helped this girl see the light, so to speak, like just see like, wow, like I can have different food every day and still lose weight. I don't have to have like chicken breast and broccoli every day. I can have desserts. I can have a beer. I can go out with my husband. Like, and she's had so many aha moments that like over the course of our time together that it literally just brings me to tears every time she tells me like, I had a beer tonight and I'm going to lose weight. Like, And I'm like, yes, you are. Um, and so for me, I've had so many of these moments over the last year when I've really nailed down my ideal client and exactly who I want to work with. But this girl through and through is exactly who I want to work with because she is so coachable. She's so open. She's so ready for me to just help her. There's no energy there where she's like on the defense or on the offense or anything like that, which is like exactly how you should be. If you hire a coach, like you ought to just like throw yourself at their mercy in some ways and be like, help me and let that coach help you. And so seeing what I've been able to affect in this woman's life, because a, she was so coachable, but B, but just like seeing what I was capable of doing for her was such an amazing moment for me to be like, dude, you can really help people. Like, it's just, it's been so beautiful for both her and I. Ooh, I love it. And you mentioned a few things over, or you mentioned this a few times over the past little bit is, is mindset is she believed a lie. And when you switched your mindset, other things unlock. So your coaching program is not just what to eat or ideas of what to eat or how to eat or what, you know, also working out. You also have a mindset component in there. Can you tell me a bit more about what, how you kind of incorporate all three? Yeah. So one program of mine that I'm obsessed with right now is called Balance and Thrive. It's like the perfect name for this program because not only are we talking nutrition and I'm giving these girls workouts, but every week I have a video like chapter or module on something related to mindset because mindset is so important when it comes to losing weight or or being healthy because there's so much out there that's been told to us, it's just lies, um, uh, you know, about what we have to eat, what we have to do to, to lose weight. And not only lies, but we think that we have to be perfect on these things to get results. And I just don't believe that holding ourselves to a standard of perfection when it comes to food and workouts, I just don't think that's healthy. I think that that becomes so obsessive. We start making our value as a person or our worth as a person about how we look and how well we ate that day. And we start defining what we're allowed to eat tomorrow based on what the scale says. And like all of these unhealthy practices that we've picked up from God knows where over the last, you know, every woman that I know started dieting at like age 13 for starters, like it's, it's inbred in us, unfortunately. And so my program, I focus on breaking these, these mindset beliefs, these limiting beliefs that we have about what diet has to look like, what nutrition has to look like, what workouts have to look like, what we have to say to ourselves to stay motivated, breaking habits that don't serve us, breaking mindset beliefs that don't serve us, and actually creating 
new habits that are based in positive belief about yourself, positive belief about your body, food, workouts, and creating habits from that as opposed to having these habits based in punishment. That what we eat is punishment for how we look. That this workout is punishment for what we ate yesterday. Because that's just that's not healthy. That's not sustainable. It creates a culture where women hate themselves and believe that they should hate themselves until they look a certain way. And I hate that. I was trapped in that for so long. And so what I do now, I mean, honestly, what I do is like 70% mindset coaching because that's the problem. We know, like, we know what to eat. We know that broccoli is good for us and that like. 14 margaritas are not like the the nutrition information that we hold is not always our issue. We know how to eat healthy. We know that movement is important. We know we need to drink our water. We know these things. That's not typically our problem. Our problem is our mindset around it and the rules that we create that are unsustainable and something that we can't live up to. And so we constantly set ourselves up for failure and we keep failing in it. I mean, I could go on for days about how this breaks our confidence, breaks our ability to keep moving forward, breaks our ability to sustain any kind of healthy lifestyle because we feel like we're failing all the time. So we just go back to old habits because we give up. Do you guys hear her passion? (laughs) You can totally tell that you've experienced your own breakthrough. And once you do, you want to shout it from the rooftops and be like, oh my gosh, this is possible. You guys, you don't have to live trapped in judgment, beating yourself up over food. I mean, there's life is so much more than that. And I feel like when people are in your programs and they're learning this mindset stuff, it will bleed into other areas. Have you found that? Absolutely. I mean, it bleeds into relationships. It bleeds into um, how people manage themselves at work or their productivity. I mean, it bleeds into every area because once you understand the mindset concepts between being successful in health and wellness it's going to bleed into the rest of your life because you're learning about creating healthy habits. You're learning about healthy discipline over perfection. You you know, all these things that we fit in every area of your life. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So as a coach, you are pouring, pouring and pouring. You've raised your prices. So that's good. So you do feel like you're getting something, you know, you're it's, it's matched equally, right? But you still have to continue to learn. So you keep yourself filled up so that you can pour out. So what do you do to keep yourself focused, motivated, and excited? So one thing that I did majorly in the last year was I hired a team. (laughs) So I am not doing this by myself. I could not do this by myself. I started falling into a really bad depression last year, trying to be a one-woman show. And it was hard to give up control, but I literally see it as an act of self-care to allow other amazing people to help me, to empower them with responsibility and help them be a part of this amazing thing that I'm doing. So I know it might sound silly, but literally my business manager is my self-care. She is like my guardian angel has saved my life. And and I really think the, the bottom line of that is that asking for help, asking for help has been an act of self-care so that the stuff that really was hard for me, that was not in my zone of genius, the stuff that like I knew took me 10 hours, but could take somebody better one hour. I got rid of that stuff out of my work routine so that all I do all day is focus on my clients. That's it. So this may be a silly question, but how do you find somebody like that? You know, I feel like, do you Google it? business manager? Do you go to Upwork? Like, How do you find people to to ask to help when you feel like you have been doing it alone for so long? 
Yeah. So I've been through a couple like assistants. The first one was actually a past client of mine, um, which was an easy, an easy start for me. It was someone that I trusted, somebody that knew my mission, knew my business, knew my programs. So I started with her. Um, and then I ended up needing some more qualified teammates. So I I'm telling you, this was literally like an act of God situation because I had a girl pitch me in my Instagram. She like was following me. She's like, you look like you need help. And I was like, you're right. (laughs) Um, And so my current business manager, Lizzie, the most amazing woman I've ever met, she like runs the show for me, like keeps me accountable to my programs and the things that I want to do, my goals. She was literally like, I I, I wish I could say like, oh, this is where I found her. Literally the internet brought her to me. But I will say she's currently working on creating a team of people like herself to be a resource for coaches like us so that we can just go to like this team and say, Hey, I need somebody who's good at this, or I need an assistant, or I need a salesperson. And then she can just have a team of people who are trained to help other people like us. So like, (laughs) stay tuned if you're looking for somebody. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is so interesting. Like, I feel like I need help sometimes, but I don't know design. So I don't even know how to ask for what I need because I don't sometimes even know what I need or you find someone and then they let you down and you have to keep going and keep trying. So I think a a business manager and once you find somebody you really like, then you hold on to them and give them lots of hugs. (laughs) Because (laughs) when you're trying to scale a bit and and impact more people, you do have to ask people into your circle. And I'm so glad that she walked into your path because I know that it's not always easy to find. Yeah. (laughs) So who are your mentors? Who do you keep learning from? So the people that I would say that I learn from the most, I, I don't currently have a business coach because my, my, um, business manager, she knows business like I do. And so she kind of serves as like a business partner, but also a mentor for me. Um, but people that I stay in contact with would be Amanda Bucci. Uh, you know, Amanda Bucci, she is amazing, amazing, amazing through and through. I finished her program almost a year ago and she still reaches out to me, helps me, gives me, um, feedback on things that I'm doing. She's just an amazing mentor and leader. Um, I love her. I love Angie Lee. I don't know if you know who Angie Lee is, but oh man, this girl's like a marketing wizard. And she and I became friends after I hired her. She has a podcast too called The Angie Lee Show that you would love if you love anything business and marketing. But um, those are probably the two women that I would say I look up to. And if I'm in like a a business pickle, (laughs) I'm going to send them like, what do I do? What do you think? And just kind of get their feedback. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So one last question. And and is there something you do every day that you couldn't live without? Yes. I wake up early and I spend some time by myself just filling my cup. Um, It looks a little different every day. Sometimes I will just literally pray because I've just like got nothing left and I'm like, I need some help. (laughs) Other days I'm reading a book about business or I'm reading a book about marketing or sales or something that I feel like I just need some help with or I'm reading a book about mindset or a self-help book, something to fill my cup so I don't like... I just can't do the launch out of bed and go straight into work. I feel like that's just setting yourself up to kind of, I don't know, be at a deficit starting for the day. So I wake up every day, I grab my coffee, I go sit in my office for usually about an hour and I just fill my cup in whatever way that I feel like my soul is kind of asking for it. And 
that's like a non-negotiable for me. That one hour, like I need that. It helps me just like last through what could be, you know, an eight to 10 to 12 hour workday. Um, and I recommend this for my clients too. I really recommend my clients to build just a morning routine so that there is some consistency and uh, you build some trust within yourself to get certain things done, such as like taking your vitamins or, you know, doing a devotional or whatever it is that you're trying to do for yourself. Um, having a morning routine built on those good habits really helps you get consistent with some stuff that's good for you. Mm, I love it. Yeah. Your morning routine really does set you up for the day. And then it creates the habit that you are going to like be quiet for a minute. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and that, yeah, the craziness of the day isn't going to like overtake you. You're going to start off. I love what you said. You're not in a deficit. You really can start off overflowing. But okay, I lied. One last question. The question is, is what's next for you? You know, what are you working on? What is your next goal that keeps you excited? My big thing right now is my Balance and Thrive group coaching program. I love that thing. I can't wait to just make it something amazing where I have other coaches working on it with me and we have a bigger team of people and we make it almost like a movement. Like that's what I want to do with that. And I'm also working on creating my own podcast, again, built around my message, the things that I want to share with people, um, just to have an even more um, in-depth way to deliver my message because I can't always just like go on YouTube and talk about balance for 30 minutes. (laughs) Like The audience is just not there for that. It's a different type of content. But with podcasting, of course, you have people who want to listen to your message, who are open to being built up and receiving just like quality knowledge that's going to help them. So that's something that I'm really trying to get started in the next couple of months is creating my own podcast. So I would say that's what's next for me. Yay, that's so fun. And as creators and as business owners, we have to have our own vision. We have to see ourselves three steps ahead and kind of continue to step towards it. Because if we get comfortable and we get bored and nobody likes that. So I love that you are continuing to dream as well. So if there's anybody listening that either number one is interested in starting their own business, but is a bit nervous, what would you say to them? And then number two, somebody that has been wanting to take their health back in one way or another, but they're a bit nervous, what would you say to them? I think something could be said about both. And it's one of my favorite things to say is that messy action is better than no action at all. Whether it's starting a business or starting a health journey, there's always going to be that temptation. Like, I got to get things perfect. I got to have the name. I got to have whatever I got to, you know, I got to do this. I got to hire this coach. I have to buy this workout outfit. I have to, you know, there's, there's all these things that we could put on a to-do list that we think qualifies us for having a business, but just be careful not to fall into the endless cycle of preparation mode of, well, when I do this, well, let me, let me get out of this job first and then I'll work on my business. Well, let me, let me get, you know, my kids back in school and then I'll work on my fitness routine. There's always going to be a more opportune time in the future because the future is, you know, like this never, never land where, and dreams are possible and, you know, but you're going to get there and it's going to be the same as how today feels busy, overstacked, like, scary. Um, Taking risk with a business or taking risk with starting a fitness journey, both are scary things, but messy action. Like this is one thing that my, one of my mentors always tells me that if you wait for everything to be perfect to get started, you're starting too late. You're absolutely starting too late. Um, And I fully stand by that. Every successful thing that I did in life was just messy action, like starting a business with an email address and nothing else. Um, If you have a dream, you can literally build anything. 
anything. The world is just so full of endless opportunities and endless abundance that you don't even have to create. It's just there. And you just have to find it and access it and believe that it's for you. And it might sound super woo-woo, but the more that you just believe in that abundance, whether it's in a business or with your health journey, the more that it will be revealed in your own life. I've, I've seen that play out. Trust me, I'm a cynic. I'm a pessimist. Like This is not the kind of stuff that I easily believe, but it's just happened so many times in my life that I believe it now. And so if, if you are struggling with the idea of starting a business, but you know in your heart that you're never going to be able to sleep at night soundly without doing something, then do something. Take the messy action. Start the business with just an email address if that's all you have and know that you don't have to be perfect today. You don't have to get the client today. You don't have to have the perfect website today. Stuff is going to come as it comes when you're ready for it, when your business is ready for it. But just take messy action. Mm, mic drop, mic drop. You guys can hear why I uh, fell in love with her over YouTube as well. And she lives in Michigan. And so that is really special because everyone else lives in LA. So <laughs> so thank you so much, Lynette, for hanging out with us. And you guys check out LynetteMarieFitness.com. Her YouTube and Instagram is Lynette Marie, and that will all be linked down below as well. So thank you again so much. It was awesome to get to know you and hear your story and all your bits of wisdom today. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. I want to hear your aha moment from today's amazing episode. If you could leave a review at whatever podcast player you choose to listen from, Apple Podcast, CastBox, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you're listening from, leave a review and share with us your favorite part of today's episode. Thanks for hanging out and remember to dream big.